0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Isn't that wonderful how God is just advancing His kingdom? I was sharing with someone this morning. You know, when we started here back in February as pastors, the Lord began to put it in my spirit. Every church has a theme. Some, as you know, some of you go into the church and their bulletin that says "We're uh, Souls for the Kingdom." Uh, They have different sayings, but they're the but they're they're the theme for that church, for that community, for that area. And it's good to have a theme. It's good to have a purpose. We all need purpose in life. And uh, we need a vision. The Bible says a person without a vision, they perish. And our, our vision for this church is that we advance. Our, our, our theme is that we're advancing the kingdom. But how do we advance the kingdom of God? The advancing the kingdom must first start within our own lives. And then one of the areas that we advance the kingdom is that others need to see the advancement of God's kingdom taking place on earth. And it's, it's done through us. But in order for them to see an outward manifestation of the advancing of the kingdom, then there has to be something the world can see. And when they see the beautification of the kingdom of God on an outward presentation, like the church here, being dressed up, being being beautified, it's showing the world, it's showing our community, we do not serve a dead God. We serve a God who is alive. A God who says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. And God is not a broke God. God is a God of wealth. Hallelujah. I like to use the illustration. Honey, if he's got streets of gold and walls of jasper, then I'll guarantee you he is desiring for you and I to make his earthly kingdom here on this earth, that which we fellowship in, that which we serve him in, that which we meet together in, that it be something of splendor for the kingdom of God. And I'm all for that. I believe advancing the kingdom of God title of my message today is, let's take out your giant. Let's take out your giant. I want to talk with you this morning from a passage of scripture that I know many of you are very familiar with. It's David and Goliath. But the story never grows old. And the more I read the story, the more I see things in it. I begin to realize that God has a revelation of his word that seems to just seems to come alive as we study the word i've learned that as i've read passages of scripture that i've read in the past all of a sudden something new seems to come from it it's called revelation and god desires that he reveals to you and i new things But he also desires that you and I not just get a revelation, but we have the opportunity to see a manifestation of the revelation. I'm going somewhere with this this morning. It's important that you and I not just get a revelation from God, but we see and experience a manifestation of that revelation. You see, it's one thing for me to stand here today as your pastor and, and, and share with you a revelation. And that, is, and that is very, to me, it's very important that ministers of the gospel, we share what God is revealing to us. The scripture says, how, how can they hear the gospel unless someone preaches the gospel? And the Apostle Paul said, he began to share, he said, I'm sharing with you my gospel. It was a gospel that was revealed by Jesus Christ. But it was not just revealed. It was a revelation that had manifestation. In other words, he walked it out. And because of a manifestation Of a revelation. It became a reality. Not just to him. But when he preached it. It went forth with a revelation. A manifestation. And an anointing. It's one thing to share. With people. What you know about. What you've read about. Of the word of God. But it's something else to share with them. When it's become a reality to you. If you have read the Scriptures by His stripes, you are healed. And all of a sudden, you get a manifestation of the healing power of God in your life. When you share that Scripture, you have more power and more authority and more anointing. That's why it's important for the manifestation of the revelation of God. Over in 1 Samuel chapter 17 starting in verse 25 I want to share this with you this morning so the men of Israel said have you seen this man who has come up surely he has come up to defy Israel and it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich with great riches I want to stop right there for just a moment. A lot of times we read that and we think, well, boy, that was a a pretty unique thing. The the king offered quite a reward. I think it was that the family would not have to pay taxes and that he would also offer his daughter to that person. He could marry the king's daughter. In other words, it would set you up for blessing. You would be blessed. But as I was studying that, the Lord revealed, began to read it into my spirit this way. He said, surely he has come up to defy the Israel's of God. Your giant has come up to defy the living God within you. This is how the Lord began to lay it in my heart. And it shall be that the man you... Who kills this giant in your life, this circumstance, the king will enrich you with great riches. You see, when you overcome the giants in your life, you are elevated into a new dimension, a new revelation, a new manifestation of the glory of God and what he can do. Because now you've seen God do something through you that you on your own can't do. But with God in you, working through you, the giant has been slain. Hallelujah. I want That I feel that it's so important for us to destroy the giants in our life. And we all have them. Sometimes it can be just a simple thing like an attitude. Have you ever met anybody that just seemed to always just seem to have an attitude? Nothing seemed to be going right. Perhaps a co-worker, maybe a family member. Sometimes it may be that you have a family member you dread seeing come over because they, when they come over, they just seem to bring doom and gloom. You would rather they don't come over. But in your Christian love, you invite them in and offer them tea and pie. And deep down inside, you're saying, I hope they gag on it. (laughs) Now you found out that their attitude has gotten on you. So we all have giants. Whether it's a need in your body to be healed, whether it's a mental condition, whether it's a spiritual condition, or whether it's a financial condition. I have never come across folks in life, in general, in my daily activities that don't have some kind of giants that they're dealing with. But my message today is the five principles that I believe with all of my heart, if they're practiced and put into play, will remove the giants. How do you know, Pastor Ron? I've applied them. I'm sharing a revelation that I have experienced a manifestation in my life. And therefore, I want to share this with you because in order that we advance the kingdom of God, in order for the kingdom of God to, to advance, not just in our lives, but in others, others have to see the advancing of God's kingdom in your life. It must start with us first. It must start with us first. So the first one is in verse 26 of 17, chapter 17. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And takes away the reproach of Israel. For who? Everybody say who. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Number one, you first must identify your enemy. You can't fight something you don't know what you're fighting. You cannot draw your sword, the word of the God, the word of the uh, the, word, the word of God. You cannot draw the word of God, your sword, and fight something that you don't see, that you don't know who it is. So oftentimes we we want to blame the devil on things when the enemy is in me. I am my own worst enemy sometimes. And sometimes I'm trying to draw the sword on the devil, so to speak, that I'm saying is messing up my life when it's my attitude that won't get things right to start with. I need to deal with me. So as long as I'm blaming the devil on something that is really my responsibility that I should change, then I'm drawing my sword, stabbing at something that is not My problem. It's not my giant. So we must first identify the giant. Number one, if you're taking notes, first identify your enemy. And call it by name. That can be a challenge. You see, when I know that it's I have an issue, when I have a giant, when I have, as they say in Celebrate Recovery, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Until I acknowledge, that's a, that's a difficult part right there, to acknowledge what the issue is. Because so oftentimes that issue, my giant, my hurt, my habits, my hang-up, it's me. It's my unwillingness to change. That hurts, I know. But I must preach this. Because if we're going to advance the kingdom of God, we must get our lives in order. Because in order to cross over the River Jordan in studying this scripture in the Bible about them crossing over with Joshua, God said to Joshua, to the people first, you must sanctify yourselves. Then you cross over. You see, they couldn't go over there and God could not fight their battles for them until they got their act together. And so oftentimes, the issue is not your neighbor. It's not your coworker, It's not their attitude. Ladies and gentlemen, so many times, it, the enemy is me. And I must identify it. I must acknowledge it. It can be a challenge. A very difficult challenge. I have found it to be very difficult when Kelly has says, well, it wasn't me. It was you all along. And for me to have to say, well, you're right, that hurts. Especially when I put up such a big issue about it that it wasn't me; it was you. It's a challenge. How many? Well, I won't ask you to raise your hand because maybe one or two may have been there. But what did it, what did King David or what did David say? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He acknowledged who it was. He not only acknowledged who it was, he even said what what this thing was all about. He said this Philistine, he knew what it was, it was a Philistine. It was his enemy. But he acknowledged that the enemy is uncircumcised, meaning it has no place, it has no ability, no power, no authority of God on its life. And when you acknowledge whatever it is, the giant in your life, the issues in your life, when you acknowledge them, and you come to the place in your life where you can say, I know this is the thing, and you got to say within you, within this thing in me is not in line with God. Therefore, I am uncircumcised, and I need to have a circumcision of the heart to get right back with God so that the enemy will be destroyed. You will never destroy the enemy in your life, whatever it may be, until you get your life right with God. You must become circumcised in the heart. Glory to God. You say, Pastor, that's hard preaching. It's hard to say it sometimes. Because what's coming out is hitting me square in the face as well. Because I deal with it too. But thanks be to God, I have found the solution the five steps, the five principles in this passages of Scripture. Number two, verse 28. And Eliab, his older brother, heard when he spoke to the men. Eliab's anger was aroused. Eliab was David's brother. He was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride. And the insolence of your heart. For you have come down here just to see the battle. David said, well, what have I done? Is there not a cause? You see, once you identify your enemy and you're going to start to deal with it, you're going to have to come to the place where you pay no attention to the naysayers that are trying to tell you, well, you know you're just like your mama and you ain't going to change. Well, you know that sickness runs in the family. Well, your daddy died by a heart attack. Your mama died by a heart attack. Your Aunt Lucy died by a heart attack. Your Uncle Jojo died by a heart attack. Well, honey, you just know it's coming to you too. If that's that's all you do is you listen to the naysayers, David said, what are you saying? This was his own family member. But David knew something in his heart. You got to get, as Kelly preached a couple Sundays ago, you got to get the knower in your knower. And when you settle it, then you don't listen to the naysayers anymore. Don't pay attention to the naysayers. And sometimes they can be your family members. Number three, if you're taking notes, let's read verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. Oh, listen to that. He's, here's David talking to a king. David's not king yet. David's just a ruddy little old young man. <laughs> but he's had some experience with God. He's telling King Saul because he, Saul said to him, Boy, listen, you can't do this. This the world will tell you that giant, that sickness, hello, that relationship, it just ain't gonna work. But you gotta grab a hold of the experiences, the time when God moved. When God moved a miracle. You gotta go back and grow how David said to Saul, Oh, wait, but just a minute, Saul. I know you're a big tall man because the Bible says Saul was tall. Handsome looking guy. But David got in front of him and said, But not just a minute. Let me tell you what God did for me. (laughs) You got to tell your enemy. You gotta get inside you got to dig deep, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes. And you've got to say, well, wait a minute. I remember when God moved a mountain. Has he moved a mountain for you? He has for me. Oh, many. If he hasn't moved in, you keep living. You're going to have some mountains that God's going to move for you if you'll trust him. I've shared with this congregation, Kelly and I, have miracles in our lives. You've heard some of those miracles. Sometimes, folks, I have to go back and draw from it. I have to remind my enemy, wait a minute, (laughs) the God that I serve. Sometimes it is the the enemy. Sometimes it is the devil. i got to just grab him by the neck. And I say, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I remember when I went down the road for hours, hundreds of miles, and there wasn't no diesel in the tank. And it wasn't you, big guy, putting it in there. It was my God. I got to remind him sometimes, you didn't heal my daughter's arm when she fell out of the tree and broke it. But my God did. I got to tell him that sometimes. I enjoy telling him that. I enjoy telling him that. You see, that's what David was doing. He was telling Saul. I went out after it. I struck it. I delivered the lamb From its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck and I killed it. Can you imagine the king standing there listening to a little old ruddy old 16 year old kid talk about all the things he's done that God has done for him? Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. I love this. And this, listen, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. Seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God, you can't tell me something wasn't welling up inside of David when he was talking about it. Oh, God has done something for me. Who are you coming along telling me that I cannot be healed when God has said by his stripes, I am healed? Well, let me just give you a little heads up God healed my children. He's healed me in the past. He healed my wife. He has healed my grandmother of cancer. He healed my grandfather of heart disease. He is the same God that did that for them. He's doing it for me and doing it now. You see, the more David talked about it, the more he said, you show me that uncircumcised Philistine. I don't care how big he is. Brother Phil, I think he was getting his old. I think he was just getting wire fired up. He was getting fired up. Some of us need to get fired up. We've been laying back in the bed and letting the enemy just beat the whop out of you. You need to grab a hold of your billy stick called the Word of God and dare him to come to cross the line. Don't you cross the bloodline, glory to God. You cross this line, me and God got something for you. Glory to God. You say, well, you get happy. Yes, I get happy because God has been God to me. Hallelujah. Mm. I'm trying to be dignified this morning. Let me, let me go back to. Enough. We'll look over in number four of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put on a bronze helmet on his head. And he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and he tried to walk. For he had not tested them. Principle number four. Don't try to use someone else's armor or anointing. Use what God has given you. I find it, I find it necessary to share with you this morning from my heart I have tried in the music industry when I was impressed at a young age by different performers in the Christian music industry we would be behind stage and I'd be watching these that were the they were the star of the show and we were the come on band because we hadn't reached that plateau yet and I would peer behind the curtain and I'd watch these guys play the piano and play and sing and then when we'd go home after the end of the weekend run I'd go home and I'd set up in in the big den we had and I would practice trying to play and sing like who I had just watched over the weekend it don't work and then when it came time to go live on stage I would try to do what Mr. So-and-so did. It just didn't work. When you're trying to defeat your giants, you got to go at him with what God has gifted you. Do you remember the story of the demons that were cast out and they found this man? (laughs) I know Mama Smith knows this very well. Thought, I think, if I'm not mistaken, she, she ministered on this one time, or she spoke about it. But when the devils entered the man, they just tore him apart. But prior to that, he was trying to cast out demons. And the demon said to him, Paul, I know. See, Paul was working under his anointing. He said, and Jesus, I know. But he said, who are you? And it says, the devil eat his lunch. You see, when you try to defeat your enemies, your giants in your life, and you're trying to use what grandma did. I'm not taking away from grandmother's relationship. I cannot do what Kelly does. She has different gifts and talents. Even though we're very compatible in so many areas and we share the same gifts and talents in some things, I can't minister like her. I don't have that same anointing. Therefore, I don't use or try to act on what she has. Even though she has a very powerful anointing, I've seen her minister. I've seen her minister at women's conferences. I've seen the power of God fall and use her. I've seen her one night just dancing. She danced in this auditorium. She danced. She got caught up in the spirit of dance. And she was literally, she said after it was over, she said, I was holding hands with Jesus and dancing. And this was in a church where you did not do that. But the anointing got on her. She chose to go with God instead of the world. It set the church free. The church has never been the same. It turned it upside down. There were people who were very prim and proper. There's nothing wrong with that. I like to be prim and proper. I love to take Kelly sometimes to a really nice restaurant. I want her to doll up and get real pretty, put on some real pretty clothes and some nice jewelry. And just... (laughs) I just I just like to really wine and diner. No, I don't drink the wine, but anyway. But I like to I like that. I like the atmosphere. It's good. I love for him to come and place the napkin across mine in my wife's lap. Seat us to the table. Drape the thing over their arm and said, I'm going to be a waiter. <laughs> it's just a different atmosphere. But it's good, and it's enjoyable. And sometimes I want to be waited on. I don't want to just go through the line. Feel you know what I mean. Sometimes you just want to sit down in a quiet restaurant where people don't have the cell phones, and it, they actually talk to each other. Now, you're going to spend three or $400 before you get out of there that night, but it's not the money. It's the enjoyment. It's the atmosphere. That's what you're paying for. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... And I don't know where I was. Hmm? Number four. Yeah, don't use someone else's anointing or giftings. That was for somebody anyway. For you guys, take her out somewhere. Really wine and diner. Phil. Take her out some night. There you go. So you, you're fixing to take them and really in, and dress them up. Huh? Oh, well. But God enjoys nice things. He enjoys for you to do those things. But there's nothing wrong with sitting at home with a glass of tea eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and putting your arms around your little sweetie and enjoy watching a good old-fashioned Hallmark love story with a box of tissues because you too are going to cry, man. <laughs> Don't try to use someone else's anointing. Number five. I'll try to close out with this this morning. Look in verse number 45. And David said to the Philistine, who's David talking to? This is what you got to do to your giant. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword. I like to say, you come to me with a threat of a disease. You come to me with a threat of a, of a marriage relationship. You come to me with a financial situation here. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Folks, if you get that in you, if you don't get anything else, you get that right there. You are going to go home with a gold nugget. He said, I come to you. He's talking to his his giant. He's talking to the giant. He's talking to his enemy, his circumstance. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord, of the God, of the army of Israel. You've got a God. Who has some angels. And they're ready to go to war for you. But you got to use the word. Number five. Speak the outcome you want to believe. you That you want to come and believe it. And David said you come to me. With a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. The God of the armies of Israel. Whom you have defied. Isn't it amazing how he said to the to the giant... You, he told him what you're doing. You're defiling this. you got to talk to your circumstance. you got to say, listen, do you know who you're dealing with? I think sometimes people might take, me, take this wrong as an, an, a, 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 a way of arrogance. It has nothing to do with arrogance. You see, when you know who you are in God... You begin to walk different, talk different. You start taking authority over things. And other people are going to think, well, he just thinks he's somebody. Well, you've heard me use the analogy, and I say it all the time. I am somebody going somewhere to make something happen for the glory of God. You say, well, I know. Next thing you know, you're going to be strutting and say it. I am somebody going somewhere about to make something happen for the glory of God. I am calling where I'm doing, what I'm doing. I am speaking with authority. I have the right to do that. I am a son of the Most High God. His blood flows through my veins. I am somebody. You are somebody. And you have the power and the authority to use the name of Jesus against your circumstances. But it's got to come out of your mouth. Don't depend on somebody else coming up and praying for you and expecting, listen, it's good when others pray for one another. The Bible says, pray ye one for another. But unless you believe and you speak it with your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. If you're healed, you speak healing. If you've got an enemy going on, and a circumstance, a financial situation going on in your life, you begin to declare the word. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed when I come out. Amen. Glory to God. These are the words. This is this is what David said. I come to you in the name. What was he saying? I'm coming to you, giant. That circumstance in your life you say, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. What was he saying? I'm coming to you in the nature. Name means nature. I'm coming to you with the authority, the power. I am an ambassador of the Most High God. And when you're an ambassador of the United States and you cross into other countries, you are now taking the authority of the United States of America. It's given to you. And the decisions that you make, the words you speak, these countries hold you accountable to it. You're backing up the United States of America. Well, I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When you're a son of the Most High God, you're an ambassador of the Most High God. And when you go around and what you say... You're bringing things into existence. You're bringing a new way of life into your family, into your friends, into your community, and into your church. Glory to God! Oh, I could just go on. I could just write five more just out of the King out of out of First Samuel. There's many. There's many. Identify your enemy. Go over them one more time. I'm not going to go over them. I just want to read them out to you. In case you're taking notes and you missed it. It's very important. If you will apply these principles, I can assure you, you will find more victory in your life. You will find that you're not having an issue dealing with the giants in your life. Number one, identify your enemy. Number two, pay no attention to the naysayers. Number three, remember how God has brought you through in times past. How God has moved. Number four, don't try to use anyone else's anointing or their gifts and talents. Use what God has given you. And number five, you speak the outcome you want, and then you believe it. That's about as simple as I know how to say it this morning. You say, Pastor Ron, have you really and truly applied these principles? Kelly and I both have. And Brother Phil, we found They worked. So a lot of times people will say, and I want to close with this because I feel it's so important. Sometimes people want to categorize you. And they want to say it works for you because. Well, Pastor Ron, it works for you because you you play the piano. I didn't always play the piano. Well, you sing. I didn't always sing. Well, you and your wife own a couple businesses. I didn't always. You and your, you and your wife, well, you have n- nice things, some. I didn't always. They didn't, listen, that doesn't define you. What defines you is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all that defines you. Well, you have nice clothes. I haven't always had. Well, but, you, but but in your younger years growing up, your, your dad made a lot of money in the auto industry. I remember when they didn't. I remember when it was beans and potatoes and rice for weeks. I remember when it was wearing the same pair of tennis shoes all year instead of getting another pair every two or three months. I remember when other kids had Converse tennis shoes and that was the name brand and I didn't have them. That didn't define me. That didn't define my mom and dad. But we were a blessed family because mom and dad chose to put God first and they lived these principles. They passed it on to us and we decided we would live them. And, Brother Phil, they work. I stand before you today truly blessed. Truly blessed because we have applied these principles. And I want each and every one of you today, I don't want you to go out of here today thinking that the enemy has got you. You got him. And you can destroy him if you apply these five principles. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you this morning for your word that's gone forth. I thank you for the anointing that has rested on me during this time. And, Father, I thank you that you have come and sat on our presence here today, on our worship. You have sat here, gathered us in, encompassed us with your presence, your power, your love. Truly, we can say it has been good to be together in the house of God. Father, I thank you for the word that's gone forth. I pray, it's my heart's prayer today, Father, that it has ministered to the people today. To those on social media and those in the house. And if you're in this house today or watching on social media with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you would pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come and live in my heart. I make you the Lord and the Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I believe if you prayed that prayer today in the house or online, I believe and we believe you just got born again. You have the same Jesus now in you that will enable you to fight these battles. You say, you can't do it on your own? No, you can't. You must have this Jesus to help you fight these battles. But you have the principles, the five steps, and if you apply them, you watch what God can do through you and for you. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? I want to pray a blessing over us today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word.